meditation of our heart, the expression of our soul, and what people have seen, what you have heard. Be pleasing in your sight. We want to do our best. So excited to be together. But you're the one we want to make sure is pleased. So would you receive our praise? Would you listen to our hearts? As we unpack your word, that you'll graciously preserve for us. May you be pleased with all that we do this day. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Dave. That was great. Whew. I get to do that one more time. This is awesome. Happy Father's Day for those of you who are blessed by God to be a dad and for those who are about to be. I met one guy. I mean, she could be due by the end of the service. So, uh, praise God. I hope you had a great day. I hope you had a great start. And uh, somebody makes you feel really, really special. We welcome our online community. For those of you who have been watching us online over the last few weeks, you know it starts at 9 o'clock. And then what we wanted to make sure we did, even all the things we have learned over the last few months, is to make sure we continue to provide this online as well, visually, so that people can see it, not just uh, audibly that's in our system, and on two platforms, based Facebook and YouTube. We're going to continue to do that. It's now going to come live in the middle of service so that people can see it. So we're delighted that you're here, delighted that you've seen it, and that you're able to join us. I had a friend call me shortly after Ev started doing the opening announcements and the welcome to the services going, okay, I knew your church was cool, but good grief, you have Jesus welcoming people to church now. <laughs> I said, is it awesome or what? <laughs> when I realized that we were going to be opening on Father's Day, and when I look at Scripture, I picture it in my head. So when I read a particular section, especially in the Gospels, I try to picture the image of what was taking place. And when I realized that today of all days is the day we were going to open here at Community Alliance Church and it was going to be Father's Day, I had that picture in my head of what many of us have seen at times of Jesus standing there with his arms wide open and welcoming the family together. And that's all I could picture in my head of this arms wide open on Father's Day of all days for the family of God to visually gather together and see one another. One of the most remarkable statements ever in history up till that point in Jewish culture is when Jesus began what you and I call the Lord's Prayer. He didn't call it that. You and I call it that. But he said a statement that no one would have even imagined thinking, let alone saying out loud, when he started it with Abba, Papa. I mean, nobody in history up till that point of five thousand years of history would have ever imagined even thinking of God in that way. And Jesus, when he was asked, teach us to pray, started by saying, Papa. I thought, what a wonderful image of the Father, of Papa, welcoming us home when it comes to seeing him face to face in heaven. And that image kept running through my mind over the last few days and the last few weeks specifically when we knew today would be the day. Now, we also are one of those rare moments that, like many churches that are opening up during the month of June, we're not having children's ministry for the first few weeks. We're kind of assessing what we need to do and what is the best ways to do that and, and, and when to start that, probably sometime in July. But we also realize that in a church that almost always has something for everybody in different age categories, this is the first time in a long time that we're actually doing service and sermon and worship together as a family. So maybe you grew up that way where the whole family went to church, but not always that way. And a lot of you have not done that for a long time. So you get to share this morning, sing this morning, celebrate as a family. 
They get to see you worship. They get to experience what you experience when you go to what they call big church. And you come together and you sing and you celebrate and they watch you engage in it. And believe me, they're watching you engage. And they're setting the stage, or you're setting the stage for them and how they're going to engage in it as they come together in a context like this. You get a chance to talk about the message and maybe share some points. What are you learning? What are they learning? What do we need to change? Is there anything we need to do different? How, how did you hear? What did you think Pastor Denny said this morning? What did it mean to you? And you get a chance to do all of that. And believe it or not, in the third service, I get to do a baby dedication of all days. So it kind of works its way out. Last Sunday, I began by asking you a question that I do on a regular basis. How many of you preach on a regular basis? And believe it or not, one, not one single hand last Sunday morning was raised. You do every day. Not like this, I get that. But you and I both do every single day of our lives. Every day you have the opportunity to, to make a statement by the life that you live. As followers of Christ, and let me say that clearly, as followers of Christ, not just church attenders or not just the church. We've heard that phrase, the church is supposed to do this and the church should do that. I am qualifying it by saying as followers of Christ, every day of our lives, we imitate Jesus everywhere we go. Every day of our lives, whether we think about it or not, how we live, how we act out, how we live out our beliefs, how we respond to life, and how we respond to people. Every single day is a statement. It is a message. Not like this, not on a platform like this, but you're living it out every day of your life. There's a quote that I have in there for you from St. Francis. Preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. You know his point? Do you know his point? Living it out is more powerful than what you say. Living it out is even more powerful than what you say. You can go to church, you can come to church, you can sing the song, you can quote the verses. But if you don't live it out, then it all stays in there. And it all stays in here, and it all stays in there. And that's never where it was intended to stay, and that's never where it was intended to be. The life lived out carries more weight and is the most influential thing about being a follower of Christ is what I have an opportunity to live out. doesn't mean you're perfect, not at all. But faith lived out every day has a huge impact on other people, especially those around you. For a moment, if you're sitting beside somebody or near somebody, look to your right or to your left, depending on where they're sitting. What do they see? When they look at you, when they think about the life that you're living and the fact that you're claiming to be a follower of Christ, what do they see? What are they watching? Standing here on Sunday morning is an incredible privilege. I never want to take that lightly. I never want to take it for granted. In this context here, I've only got a few more months to do that. Standing here is incredible. Knowing that we had to make a decision about when to not stand here, when to not be here, what to do in the meantime, when to start back up. The weight of that was overwhelming and enormous. I never want to take that for granted. But the opportunity that you and I have to live it out every single day of our lives is even more critical than a little bit more than what I'm doing here on Sunday morning. Now, if you got your notes, and if you happened to listen last Sunday, and, and part of it, to be honest with you, I have no idea how many of you listened to last Sunday. We can look at the views but you may have been, oh, 60 seconds and going, yeah, well, whatever. And then went on and had your cup of coffee and went out for a long walk. Last Sunday morning, I said there are normally two ways that the pastors that I'm most familiar with choose to share a message. One is they've got a topic that they want to address, 
and they look for scripture to support it. Sometimes I feel like they got an idea in their head hoping to find a verse to back it up. But normally it's I've got a topic that I want to address and I want scripture to support that. The second way is there a scripture that I want to unpack. What subjects does it address? I normally fall into that context. And a couple of weeks ago, probably about a month or so ago, I'll tell you a little bit more next Sunday morning, I really felt that God wanted us to be in Romans chapter 12. I had four other places already sensed and picked out in my head. And then God said, I really believe God said, I want you to be here. Romans chapter 12 is a fascinating chapter. It lays itself out in a very practical way. It starts with our relationship with God. How does that look? How do I define it? How do I respond to what it is that I know you've done for me? What do you see when I'm responding to that? Not just in how I respond to singing, but what do you see in my relationship with you, Father, that I live out based on what I know you've done and what I know I know about you? Then secondly, it begins to flesh itself out within the body of believers. And third, then, how I view the world around me, how I respond to the world around me, how I portray Christ to the world around me. And Romans 12 lays all three of those out in a really phenomenal and magnificent way. And the beauty of that is it has to start that way. It has to flesh itself out that way. And it then goes out there. It can't be reciprocal or backwards. Let me do a sidebar for a moment. Believe it or not, a few times I watched myself preach. I've never done that before. Why would you want to do that? So I watched myself preach, and for the first few weeks, we were in the middle of the debates, and I thought, oh my goodness, I look like Joe Biden. <laughs> my hands were all over the I didn't know what to do with them. I don't know what to do with them this morning. I, 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 don't, I can't tie them. I can't I put them in my pockets. I don't know what to do, but believe me, I know my hands are all over the place. Out of a good relationship with God comes a fascinating relationship in the family of God that has to be, we have, if we're followers of Christ, we have to be different than the world. We have to be. How we respond to one another, how we treat one another. We have to be different, otherwise it's meaningless to say we're followers of Christ if we're no different. And we have to be different out there. Regardless of what the world tells us, says to us, how it treats us, we have to be different out there, which is exactly what God says here. Therefore, now, in light of all of that knowledge, I beg you, Paul says, brothers and sisters, he's talking to the family of God, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. That's worship. That's worship. This was awesome. This was incredible. Singing and celebrating, all of it. We call that worship, and I get it. We call it worship songs, and I, I totally understand that. I do all the time. But he said this, that's worship. You get it? That's what he's trying to get across here. Now the word therefore is always for reason. It's always going back to what's been said. And certainly it goes back to the first 11 chapters. But even if it backs up just to those few verses before, out of the depth and the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments, his past beyond tracing out. Who's known the mind of the Lord? Who's been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God would repay him? God owes us nothing. But look what he gives us. For from him and through him and for him are all things. So to him be glory forever and ever. Out of that declaration, then Paul says, I'm begging you. In light of what you know about God, man, give him everything. 
The theology of chapters 1 to 11 are some of the most powerful in Scripture, but theology has to be lived out. It can, as powerful as this is, it cannot stay here and it cannot stay here. For theology to be what it needs to be, what it was intended to be, it cannot stay contained in this, and it cannot can stay contained in here. It's got to be fleshed out, which is exactly why Paul says, I'm begging you, live it out everywhere you go. But to do that, it starts with a relationship with me. Because once you fully understand that relationship with me, and you offer me everything, and you allow me to live my life through you, I'm telling you, it will make a difference everywhere you go. So he said, offer your whole body. It's the only way that it can start. Offer everything to him as living sacrifices. Now, this culture is very, not this culture today. I mean, the culture that Paul's writing to is very familiar with sacrifices. I mean, they're used to them all the time. They're used to the sheep, they're used to the goats, they're used to the bulls, the rams, all the way through the Old Testament. They're used to the doves, all of those things. But most of the time when a, when a priest goes to the pen to pull a lamb out to sacrifice it, it's not like the sheep is sitting there going, pick me, pick me, pick me. They just simply are chosen. When Paul says offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, he is saying you need to understand fully what you're doing. You need to be very aware of what it is you're offering. You don't want to do it flippantly. You don't want to do it casually. You don't want to do it because you're supposed to. You want to fully understand what it is we're doing when you're offering yourself. And who uses the word body, he's not just talking about this. Because it's easy to say, well, I know Mark, it says, offer him praise with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. When he uses the word body here, he's saying all of you. In a couple of weeks, we're going to celebrate communion. And every time you do, we hold that cup and we hold that bread and it says what this is my body and when he uses that phrase paul quotes it later in corinthians and when he uses that phrase here he's saying you got to give him everything now at the moment of salvation sometimes it's difficult to even understand fully what that means in the alliance we talk about salvation and sanctification Coming to faith in Christ, I cross the line, I accept him as my savior. Sanctification means the more I begin to see what I'm trying to live out on my own, the more I realize and recognize I've got to give everything to him. And so it is a process in that. But when he talks about offer everything, it's an informed choice, a willing choice. I know what I'm doing, I know why I'm doing it. I make sure that I offer everything to him. So I offer my body, that is the act of worship. Worship is not just what we do on Sundays. It is the way we live it out. Verse 2. Don't conform anymore to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. Every one of us want to know what God's will is. That's it. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. The way we think affects how we live. The way I view and understand God affects how I live it out. If I see God as mean and nasty because that's the dad that I had or the dad that I grew up or what I saw, that's how you're going to view God. The way I think, the way I fully understand who God is and what I see in Scripture, that's how you're going to view God for the rest of your life. And you'll continue to grow in that relationship when you clearly see Him through the pages of Scripture. What you believe about yourself is going to impact how you live it out. 
what you really believe about yourself, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are handcrafted by God, and God doesn't make junk. So quit putting yourself down or wishing something else. You are handcrafted by God. And when I fully understand that, and I fully embrace that, it affects how I live. What I believe about his word affects how I live it out every single day of our lives. We cannot let society, the media, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is in regards to social media, tell us what to think or how to think. So often it influences people way more than the Spirit of God and the Word of God. 2,000 years ago, God said, look, you cannot let the world tell you how to think. You've got to let the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the power of God tell you what to think. Because when you understand that, you will live it out. Nothing wrong with social media at all. Nothing wrong with those mediums. Please don't misunderstand me. People are watching us on Facebook, so there's nothing wrong with those mediums at all. I just wish sometimes people didn't use it as a soapbox. That they simply understood the power of words. Especially as followers of Christ. The world, we can't, I, can't, I can't control what they do. But followers of Christ, we can't be snippy about everything. We have to be different. We need to be different. There's great qualities of all of those things, but they always, if not careful, can be misused in so many different ways. Thomas Edison thought it would be a great thing to invent the light bulb. We could stay up later. That's an awesome thing. And then all of a sudden, because of that, we have shift work. <laughs> and people working all the time. Did you know Henry Ford decided, I'm going to invent the car because I'll solve the parking problem of a horse and a carriage? How'd that work? Right. Wonderful gifts, wonderful things in all of these mediums. They just need to be used correctly by followers of Christ. I cannot control how the world does. But as followers of Christ, we have to be different. We need to be different. Look at how it's fleshed out. Verse 3. For by grace given to me, I'm telling you, do not think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. You need to be very careful how you view yourself. But rather think of yourself as sober judgment and according to the faith God has given you. As a follower of Christ, I say that that way again. As a follower of Christ, I cannot, I dare not see myself better than other people because of my position, my possession, my profession, the color of my skin, and where I live. I cannot. As a follower of Christ, you cannot be a follower of Christ fully understanding what it means to be a follower of Christ and see ourselves as better than other people because of our position, our possessions, our profession, the color of our skin, where I live, and all those things. The Word of God says it. Declaration of Independence says it. All are created equal. And as followers of Christ, we have to view it that way. When I fully understand those first three verses, how I relate to God, how I let him control how I think and how I respond to life, not the world, when I really begin to view myself clearly in regards to the world around me and not think of myself higher than I ought to think, then it fleshes itself out in the body of Christ. Verse 4, as each of us is one body with a lot of members, these members don't all have the same function. So in Christ, though many form one, form one body, every member belongs to the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us, not because you choose or I choose. He decides who gets what, and I need to be okay with that. If your gift is prophesying, awesome. Prophesy according to your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. 
it was so, there's just so many different ways that people serve. And it's just fascinating to watch the hearts that go with that. But for the first time ever, there were people in between services this morning wiping down where you're sitting. We would have never thought of that otherwise. We would have never done that otherwise. But they wanted to serve that way. If you're serving, serve. Not because you're supposed to, because that's who you are. Teaching, then teach. If it's encouraging, encourage. It's giving, give generously. If it's leading, do it diligently. If it's mercy, show mercy. Your love has to be genuine. It has to be sincere, not just what you say. You've got to hate what is evil. You've got to cling to what is good. Be devoted to each other out of love for Christ. Put other people above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal or passion. But keep your spiritual fervor serving God. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. That middle one is so hard some days. <laughs> Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. That's not an exhaustive list. It's not like Paul said, let me just tell you all the things a Christian is supposed to do in one little statement. If you know anything about Paul's writing, man, near the end of his writing, he says, I, he, just, he just says all the things that been, the Spirit's been churning in his mind, so he lists a number of them. When you look at that list, essentially he's giving you a, a snapshot uh, of what it's like to be a part of the family of God and what that looks like. We're all different. We all have different gifts. You all look different. Every single one of us dress different. We talk different. We act different. All of those kind of things. But we're a part of the family of God. And because we're a part of the family of God, we need to see each other as necessary in that context. We're the body of Christ. He's the head. We're his hands and feet. We're living out Jesus everywhere we go. So the ultimate question would be, how does Jesus look? If we're to live out Jesus everywhere we go, how's he looking? Now, the analogy that Paul uses, the, the, the body of Christ, isn't just a particular body of Christ or, or a particular church. It's the universal body of Christ. The church is, the, the universal body of Christ is those who have embraced Jesus as their Savior, regardless of where they go to a physical building. It's believers in Christ in Ohio and Mexico and Africa and Indonesia, and the list is endless. It is followers of Christ and churches here in Butler who believe in Christ and understand him. We are not competitors of other churches in this community. We're on the same team, celebrating in different ways in different buildings, but we're a part of the family of God. I love being in Butler. I love being in this community. Uh, a number of weeks ago, a lot of us in town gathered together at one of the churches in town, and we committed to pray for one another. I met with five or six of them for years, but this was a, a, another group. We all got together and we said, how can we pray for each other? How can we encourage one another? What's it going to look like to open? When are you going to open? What are you going to do? How will you do it? It was a great conversation. And we realized we're all looking at it differently, going to do things differently, but it was wonderful to be together with other churches and other pastors in this community that I have incredible amount of respect for. Uh, we, what we thought would be really cool if we all picked the exact same Sunday and we all opened up on the same day, even if we were still under yellow. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way because you got different hierarchies in different churches. One answers to themselves and other answers to a board and other answers to a bishop and the list is endless. But we all said, let's just open in June. And so that's what we did. And it's wonderful to see that collectivity and that context of knowing we're a part of this wonderful family of people that go to different churches in Butler. But when we know Christ as a follower of Jesus and as a follower of Jesus, 
We're in the same family. And we need to see each other that way. Do we all interpret certain aspects of Scripture the same? Not at all. Do we all sing and use instruments the same? Not hardly. No such thing as cookie-cutter Christianity. Some do a way better job of being Jesus' hands and feet in the local community than we do. Congregations and denominations like ours do a great job of being Jesus' hands and feet in other countries around the world. Not no one church or one local body of believers can do it all. Should we do more? Certainly. But no one body, no one local church can do it all. But collectively, we can. Are we perfect? (laughs) Of course not. We never will be. By the way, if you find a perfect church, don't join it. You'll mess it up. Verse 6 to 13, we've got different gifts, different functions, different passions, different emotions. Do it with everything you've got. Make sure it's genuine. Never be lacking in passion. The family is different from one another. We're all different here. How we've responded to this crisis has been different. Whether or not you want to hug me this morning, I had one little boy standing out in the lobby between the services, and he's standing there by his mom going like this. And I didn't know what he was doing, you know. And finally the mom said, he's wanting to know if he can hug you. (laughs) I said, absolutely. I didn't think he was going to let go. We all respond differently. And 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 we all respond differently. We can't look at each other saying, well, what's wrong with you? You don't have enough faith? What's wrong with you? Don't you, aren't you realize where we're at? It just can't come from us. Got enough of that out there. We, we've got to look at how we view all of these things differently. We certainly, in this context here, in the first time, we view it a lot differently. We just have to be careful as to how we respond to those differences. We need community. We need community. I've got so many things that I have to be really careful how I say it, especially publicly. Yes, me privately, I've got a lot of thoughts. But we need community. And as wonderful as the mediums are that gives us the opportunity and the access to the gospel in a hundred different ways in a hundred different places around the globe. I watched a lot of them over the last ten weeks and all of that. But that's content. And sometimes content, especially on the internet, is like drinking water from a fire hose. Trying to sort it out. But it's content without connectivity. And connectivity is only without content, content without connectivity is only content. That's how he designed it. That's how God designed it, that we are in community. We, we, I believe we did the right thing. I Believe me, I believe we did the right thing. But it's so wonderful to have that community back and be together here. No matter how good we can do what we do, there's something wonderful about the aspect of the family of God. Church life, community life, body life, connectivity is critical to our spiritual development. But it begins with our relationship with God. And once I fully, clearly understand what that looks like, and I recognize fully what he's done for me and what he wants from me, and I get an opportunity to respond to that, it is definitely going to impact how I treat others in the family of God who look at life and Jesus and Scripture and so many different things in so many different ways. It has to, we have to be different. I know I'm talking to the choir. I get that. Well, there's no choir, but... I know I'm talking to the choir. I know you get that. But as, as followers of Christ, we have to be different in how we respond to one another and how we respond to the world around us. 
Because this world's at a tipping point. It is at the biggest tipping point I've ever seen in, in my life. And I'm 66. I'm almost 67 years old. It is at a tipping point. But as followers of Christ, whatever happens in this world, he's got it on his hands. And he's got the end already written. But we have to look at all of that through the grid of the word of God and how we respond to this and how we respond to one another in the family of God and how we respond out there. Because if we don't show them, they will not know. And they'll be left to their own devices. And we've seen what that does. I obviously, I wish, you know, I hear these pastors on TV that talk to America as if all of America is listening to them. And I wish sometimes, I get it. I just wish so bad. I could speak to this country. He's going to talk a lot about that on the 5th. But for at least those of us who hear my voice, there has to be something about us that makes them want what we've found and what we have in Jesus. Because it will change everything. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace and the opportunity we have to respond to that grace and then live it out every day of our lives. So as we live in a very unstable, unpredictable, very volatile world, as followers of Jesus, when we have those opportunities, and we do every day, and and sometimes even a more visible opportunity, may what they see in us and from us be what we have in you so that they find some hope and some answer in the middle of a really crazy world. May they know there is an answer in Jesus. And we have found it in you. So help that to be the way we live out our lives, every day of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Next Sunday morning, the end. Thank you. Was that because I'm done? I finished early. We promised you 55 minutes and we did it. Thank you for that. I appreciate that a lot. Um, again, if you, if you regularly give... Personally, because you have an envelope, or you can do that on those tables on the way out. We have another service coming here. So one of the things we said yesterday on the vlog that we did over the weekend, if you can, we love for you to socialize. If you can do it out in the parking lot, that would help. God's just given us a great day so that we can get ready for the next service. We really appreciate that. If uh, you want to be sensitive to crowds going out, we've got a lot of access points there, 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 there. Believe it or not, that goes outside. I mean, you can't get back in. <laughs> But that goes outside. If you parked along the rail, your car is waiting right there for you. But uh, we're just honored that you're here this morning. Next Sunday morning, we're going to finish this in what we do and how we respond to the world we're living in out of the Word of God. See you then. God bless you. Great to see you.